Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So this month, we're talking about acceptance as part of the light leader theme of 2021. And acceptance, that, that the definition of that is an act of taking or receiving something offered. The act of assenting or believing. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Taking or receiving something that's offered and or the act of assenting or believing. And I chose acceptance for this month because it is, that is how you have to show up when you're on a spiritual journey. It's actually kind of a thin line in between the ego and the spirit to find that place of acceptance, of being willing to receive what's being offered to you. And if any of you have been doing any of your own inner work and listening to your own intuition, I know you know that sometimes when you're listening to intuition, when you're listening to that small voice within you, stuff shows up and you're like, huh, why are you telling me this? That happened to me last year when in meditation, I heard very clearly that my mission this lifetime is to activate the light, is to activate light leaders, hence the whole theme this year. And I thought, are you nuts? Why would anybody want to do that? And yet that's what I've been doing. I had to accept it was being offered to me and I had to accept it. I, I had to be open to receive that and then receive more information, more intuitive knowledge, if you will, and believe it. And so I think you're going to find that some of the people that are in this month's podcasts are all about accepting and believing and living their life from that place of source inspired life, right? Where there's more joy and more happiness and more opulence, more exquisite expansion than just living a mundane life trying to get by. So acceptance. Ask yourself this month, am I ready? Can I accept what's being offered to me? And sometimes it's not always the most nice thing, right? But can I accept what's being offered? Can I give my assent? Can I believe that it is okay for me to receive this? Receiving more love, receiving a pay raise, receiving a brand new job that's going to make you happier than anything else. Receiving a new partner who is the love of your life. Why not? Acceptance. Think about it. And here's our show for today. So before we dive in deep today uh, with my guest, who I just, I fell in love with a while back when I was on her podcast. Before we dive deep, I just want to say woohoo and thank you everyone for all the over 3000 uploads, downloads, and whatever you do with a podcast when you listen to it. Thank you so much because we've crested that. And I so appreciate that you are coming to listen and hear what the conversation is for your own personal growth, uh, awareness, and empowerment. So thank you so much for supporting Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. It is my honor to do this work. It's actually really fun. And so I just say Thank you. And please more, please more uh, share it, um, gift it, whatever, however you want to do it. So thanks. So today's guest is a woman who puts happiness first, and we're going to find out why in a moment. I want to welcome Lauren Foster. Lauren, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled and honored that I met you and that I'm having this opportunity to talk with you. It's just awesome. I, I Me too, because... Yeah, me too. So um, 
happiness first is not for women. It's not necessarily the thing that we do. We weren't taught it. Hopefully the following generations are being taught it because we of these certain ages are finally recognizing that we come first and part of that means being happy. So would you share with everybody how you got to that place of putting yourself first, of putting your happiness first? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll happily do that. And you know, like you, I grew up in the, the, a time when, you know, most of us, no matter when we grew up, kind of, we kind of fall into what our, our life becomes. So when, when I was very young, I wanted to be a missionary. I was very immersed in the First Baptist Church of, you know, so I, I had that experience. I wanted to be an actress and a singer. And I got that dream squashed because everybody said, well, you can't make a living at that. Only oh, don't you... I really just that frustrates me. It does. It does. And but, but you know, we 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 still do it to our kids. We're like, oh no, don't do that risky thing that your heart wants you to do. Go do this safe thing where we know you can make a living and you're not going to starve and all that. And so we well-meaning people all the time squash our dreams. You know, so. I have a question about that. I mean, okay. I, I have a statement about that because I think that what happens, at least in my life, that squishy squash, um, because I was pursuing acting, my, my parents were very supportive, but there was underlying currents from my mom because I was doing the things she really wanted to do. So mm. it, I kind of got stuck in that. So yeah, put, deciding that you can make a living at whatever your dream is, is hugely important. So so what happened then next? Yeah, it really is. Well, so next I I muddled my way through college and finally graduated and I wanted to work in public relations. And I got an a degree in advertising and public relations. Those two just kind of went hand in hand. And then everybody said, oh, you can't really make a lot of money in PR because there's too much competition and there's not. So the, these, these stories that I listened to all my life, um, there was also a stint in there. I worked my way through college as a disc jockey on the radio. I was oh, a wow. radio announcer. Yeah, actually spinning records. And once again, oh, only one or two people in the whole country make any money at being a radio announcer. You can't, that's not a dream that you can do. And so, but by this time, I, I wasn't, didn't have the gumption that I had as a teenager. It finally got drummed out of me. I'm like, okay. And so I wound up going into a sales career which I did for, for my entire career, which I still do. I actually still have an advertising business and it, it's fine. It's, it's enjoyable work. It's a good product. It's all of those things, but it's not my heart, you know, but again, I don't regret any of those decisions because they made me into who I am today. And they taught me the lessons that I need to learn to be able to serve in the way that I do now. So Th 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 that's the technical career path. But all along that path, I, I had that strong rooting in my youth of, of spirit and God. And I had some very, very great influencers there that really taught me to, to be in love with spirit and to be a person of service. And I had a family who loved me unconditionally to a fault and, you know, really allowed me to be myself. And I had a lot of freedom because I was the baby of six and my parents were busy with, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. with the, with the other five. So I really, I kind of raised myself up and, you know, in safety and unconditional love, but not that much supervision. And, but as, as my spiritual development continued, i found that the messages I was hearing from church and religion weren't, weren't good. They were like, God doesn't love you unless you're good. God doesn't love you unless you act this way. And if you, if you go after that thing that you want with your, you know, little adolescent body, then God's going to send you to hell. And none of this sounded like the truth to me. And so I just kind of drifted completely away from any kind of spirituality. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to win this game anyway, because I can't be that. And right. so I, but, but, but Lauren, can I, can I just interject here? Because yeah. I want everybody that's listening to recognize what you, what you're describing is a religion, uh, credo, every, uh, 
every religion in the world has a manifesto, has a credo that they want their followers to follow. And that's not that's not uh, many people find comfort and find their connection to source to God in those organized religions. But many, many, many people now, right? Yourself, myself are recognizing that that credo is not uh, vitalizing. It does not create a happy life. It creates a very cautious, small life. And spirituality is so much more and it's unique to the individual. So I just want everybody that's listening to, to really get that. Yeah, right? that, learning, yes, that, that is that is exactly right. That so many times we we get confused that this is what spirituality is about when it's really me and my source and exactly. nobody else has anything else to do with it whatsoever. Now we, we uplift one another and we nurture one another like you and I are like the, the awesome little connection meditation that we did together before. And, you know, human beings are vital to one another, but your spirit, your relationship with your higher self and with your maker is absolutely completely and totally your own. Right. So, but I hadn't yet figured that out either. So I was kind of feeling like I was out here on my own yeah. without any connection yeah. to my source. Yeah. Now, I now being in sales is actually a really awesome place to be because they teach you about visualization and they teach you about positive out, you know, visualizing positive outcomes. And they teach you about being of service to your customers. If you have good sales trainers, <laughs> they, they teach you a, about being of service. And so those were all really great lessons for me to be making my life as a great little law of attraction manifester. I was making things happen with the power of my thoughts and getting things done. And, you know, I would get the job I wanted. I would get the boyfriend I wanted. I would get all the stuff that I wanted. But once I got it, I would always sabotage myself in some way or another and fall flat on my butt and wind up having to start all over again. Because so this why, do you think, why do you think you were sabotaging yourself? Well, because for a number of reasons, for one thing, I, I was all alone. I was, I was completely cut off from my source and operating with very little power. This little human being doesn't have very much power and a sense of unworthiness. You mm -hmm. know, you, you grow to a point where you think, well, what, you know, I got, I got this and I manifested this, but do I really deserve it in my heart of hearts? I, I didn't think that I did. Right. I, I'm like going, oh, my God, oh, my God, Lauren, because uh, because there is, I think, within most women, a, a sense of I don't deserve this idea. And, and it comes from a, a bunch of different places. I, I just my spouse and I just did a trip to France for 10 days. It was phenomenal because uh, we went to visit our exchange student and his family gifted us so much like a place to stay for 10 days, um, beautiful dinners, um, food and, and champagne. Oh my God. Because they, <laughs> they make champagne. And at the first couple of days I kept saying, no, no, please don't do that's too much. Don't do that. Be, be, boo, boo, boo. I can't, oh, I can't handle that. And I finally had to sit myself down and say, you deserve this. They are giving this to you. This is the ideal, the idea of hospitality of service because they, they love us and we loved their son when he was here. So, and we still love him. But anyway, it is, you push the thing when the universe is saying here, and do you want more of this? Here's more, here's more cheese and baguettes. Do you want more of this? Oh, you know. And oh no, I couldn't possibly. Yeah. I, right. And yeah. we all, we all have that sense of not feeling deserving, especially right. as you've been describing your journey has been, well, I want to follow my heart, but that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because you can't make a living. That's not good enough. So what else are you going to do? Exactly. And I, I encounter so many women that, you know, we, we are so loving and we are so concerned about everyone else and the world. We're like, well, I don't get to be happy until nobody's starving until, you know, nothing bad is happening to anybody. So what the world is a horrible place. What, so what, why do I deserve to be happy? And it's, you know, it's, it's a crock and it helps no one. And my mission is to 
kind of flip that around and teach people otherwise, because you cannot serve from an empty vessel. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we shouldn't care for the, the world, for everyone. But if all you do is give and you never receive, eventually you run out. Been and there, then, done that. Right. And, the, and then what do you do? Then then who, are, who do you help? Then who do your children and your followers and your whoever it is that you're trying to take care of, what do you have for them then when you've exhausted yourself, you know? So then how did you, so when you realized that you needed to put yourself first, what, 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 what caught, was there a causation? Yeah. Okay. So finally succeed, fail, succeed, fail. I finally fell so far down back in the, in like 2010 that I couldn't get back up. I was completely exhausted. I was bankrupt. I was emotionally completely depleted, financially depleted, spiritually lost and mm. if about to be on the streets homeless I was living with my sister who was about to lose her house oh and, I'm so sorry you went through that well I'm not because <laughs> because sometimes it takes something big to shake you up and put you on a different trajectory you know and so had my sister been in an okay place to support me I would have stayed in her spare room for the rest of my life and just mm. just coasted along doing, you know, filling in at the radio station and the TV station and, you know, alcohol and casual sex and just given up and just really lived out my life with nothing. And that wouldn't be a good thing, right? <laughs> Although some people do it, but it, but it, I'm hearing it because you were aware as a small child, your connection to source and then everything got put on top of it, that this was your opportunity to dig out from under that. Yeah, it really was. And, and so from this humble, humble place with nothing, with no home, no money, everything gone, I finally woke up and said, you know what? I've been trying to take care of everybody. And, and I hadn't. The brother that, was, that I was the primary enabler for, he died anyway. My mother had to go to a state-run nursing home because we didn't have the money for, so she, she died a pauper anyway. And my sister was losing her house anyway. All of these, these things that I thought that I was juggling and helping with, I didn't help anyone. All I did was exhaust myself completely because yeah. that's not how you help. You don't help by doing for, you help by supporting. But anyway, that's another completely long story. But so from this place, I wasn't willing to live under a bridge. Uh -huh. Thank you. And yes, so I gathered up all the tools that I had. I was, a, a, again, a student of the law of attraction. And I started listening closer and hearing how Abraham Hicks is one of my favorite teachers and they're channelers for Christ's sake. And, and I was, I was listening to them and following the, the processes and things like that, but leaving God out, it, it, I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I know. So, you know, I handed my family members over to God and it's went, you know, I'm nobody's hero. They have the same access to their sources. I do. Yes. It's, yeah. It's not up to me to be their hero. And so I handed them to their source and I devised for myself a simple dream of what it was that I wanted to manifest for my life. I wanted peace and security and safety in my own home. And, you know, I wanted us all to be free to come and go as we please with doors and windows wide open all the time. And I wanted work that I could do easily that would, I could work from home. I wouldn't be supervised. I knew the things that I, I gathered together the things I knew for sure that I wanted for my life. And I created that vision and I got in the most grateful place I could be. I started making positive aspects of lists of positive aspects of where I was all the time, while at the same time having faith and, and confidence that this new place that I wanted was coming. And I, I got all of that. But by 2012, I was sitting in this beautiful spot that I manifested for myself. And by 2014, I owned it. I was just having exactly the life that I wanted. And so bursting with happiness, sitting on my patio with my dog at my feet going, okay, now what? 
And that that's when I thought what I want is to help other women get here faster, to not have to suffer through as much of the heartache and the trial and error. And to, I wanted to share this. And so I said, I'm going to be a happiness coach. I thought I made that up. <laughs> it turns out I didn't, there were happiness coaches before me, but you know, I didn't know that. And, and, and I created be happy first. And now I'm on a mission to help a million women be happy and free on purpose. I so appreciate that. And it's a, it's a very, uh, profound and uh, deep journey you've chosen in order to support so many women in learning how to be happy. So Lauren, you may, you made mention of a tool that I think you, you use, you said you focused on positive aspects. The list of positive aspects. My, if, if you said you can never, you can only have one book in this world and you can never, ever have another book. It would be the book ask and it is given by Abraham Hicks. Yeah. And, that's a good and, one. Yeah. And that is one of their processes. It's the list of positive aspects and it li- works for everything. If you are unhappy in your relationship, make list of positive aspects about your relationship and teach yourself to put your attention on the things that are positive and let the things that are negative atrophy from neglect and yes. fade away. And so, so your, your dreams can grow and thrive in the absence of all that negativity. If you teach yourself to focus on the positive. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I know I'm one of them for me, and this goes back to when I was a kid, I, and I still catch myself doing it, Lauren. Oh my goodness. I tend to focus on the things I don't like about myself. I make the list. I don't like me, 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 me. And then what do you do with that? Right. So now you've got a list of all the things you don't like, because Mm -hmm. if you know what you don't like, then you can clean it out. Uh, You know, it's like, that's that it's not, it's important to recognize what your obstacles are, what your, uh, what it is that is causing you to not like yourself or causing you to feel shame or guilt or whatever. It's very important. You cannot, do deep spiritual work without recognizing the obstacles in your way or the belief systems or patternings. But then how, I I realized this is that I was making a list of all the things I didn't like. I'm going to release this. I'm going to release this. Well, I continued to make the list daily of what I wanted to release. And suddenly it dawned on me, duh. Then I'm focusing on the negative, you know, because and then I was like, and I'll embrace this, I'll embody this. It's like <laughs> the, just the releasing, just just to decide it's already done. Change, like you said, change your focus, change your perception or perspective, and just focus on the positive aspects. How easy is that? It, yeah, it it really well. It's it's simple. It's not necessarily easy because you're right. We are, we, we look in the mirror and we, we're not looking for anything that's beautiful. We're looking for things to fix. And, you know, we're making this list of, oh, I'm going to, I, I have hundreds of diaries when I was a little girl, I'm going to look little girl, young girl, my whole life I've journaled. Oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to clear up my skin. I'm going to do this with my hair. I'm going to get these clothes. I'm all of these things to fix and you turn yourself into something that's broken. And, and so I'm really loving being the, the wisdom of being in my 50s because, you know, it, it's it's a simple thing to put yourself a note on your mirror that says, hello, beautiful. How's your day? And remind yourself to look for beauty when you look in the mirror, when you look at your life, when you look at anything. If you're If you're raising kids and they won't do the dishes. They won't even put their dishes in the sink. <laughs> and, and people always kind of go, well, Lauren, you don't have any kids, but I don't care that <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I have nieces and nephews and friends, children, and everybody loves me because I never got that messed up parent thing. <laughs> anyway, right. that that's a completely different subject. But if you Ignore the times that your child does not put their dish in the sink and the time that they do, you shower them with praise and love and admiration. You watch and see if they don't start doing that more. When you take your attention away from the behavior that you dislike and put your praise and love and attention on the the behavior that you do, it works for your husband too. Yeah, I'm going to try it. (laughs) 
also works for your animals. I praise my, when my dog is out barking her brains out, instead of yelling at her, stop it, stop it, stop it. When she comes in the house, she sits and looks at me like, I did a good job, right? I did a good job. And I'm like, yes, you did. And then I lock the door so she can't do it again. Right. <laughs> yeah. So positive, positive aspects are, are, are really huge for refocusing into your own happiness. Now, where, Lauren, where do you find happiness? Where is it outside? Like you were talking about, you were getting, mm. buying, the, you know, looking for the right clothes and trying to fix things. You know, is there any way you can just go buy happiness? No, no. And so the, the evolution of that story that I was just telling you in between while I was, while I was trying to get to where I am now, of course, I, I you can't buy a house with a brand new bankruptcy and I had a brand new, um, career position that was, you know, had to be built. So there wasn't a lot of money. So I moved into a little 250 square foot basement apartment wow. with my dog and my four cats that was in the area that I wanted to shop for my house. So I got as close as I could, but th that at that time, that's all I could afford. And I didn't control my own thermostat. And so it was freezing in there and that th somebody had converted a house. And so there were two families that lived upstairs and they played loud, loud music. And so, I mean, I could list you all the awful, awful, awful things about that little apartment. But if I did that, I would still be there. I, so, Oh my God, it, that's brilliant. That's it is. Yes. And I realized that when I was paying attention to the neighbor's loud music, I felt like crap. But when I paid attention to how cool it was to have pizza delivery <laughs> and, <laughs> and the view of the lake outside and the, just looking for any little thing about this apartment that I could love and appreciate got me out of there way quicker than if I had sat and complained and tried to fix or, you know, I, I got the chills as you're saying that because it, it it's an easy, again, it's not easy. It's a simple thing. Like Lauren says, everybody, it's a simple thing to do. It is uh, not easy. But it's, it's so vital and important because how are you going to shift your circumstances unless you, oh, there's a song called <laughs> Accentuate the Positive, right? <laughs> Eliminate the negative. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great song for a reason. And it's you know, you, you attract what you are. And if you are in a place of positivity and appreciation and love and service, you know, if there's if if there's something that you want from the world, go give that. If you want someone to pay attention to you, pay attention. If you want money, give money. If you want uh, I don't know likes on your Facebook page, go put likes on somebody else's Facebook page, whatever it, it is that you are wanting to attract, be that and feel that and live your life that way. I'm yeah. currently in a, um, a, 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 while I was writing the book, I wanted to be, everybody, oh, Lauren's got a book. It's oh. called happy and free on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Daily practices to live and love your life. And what one of the big, big things is it's acceptance of circumstances, but not being attached to circumstances. So in the specific instance, your body, I, I'm heavier weight wise than I've ever been in, in my life. And Me too. I well, and, and I've always struggled up and down and up and down with that. And, and what I really want people to do is not identify themselves with their bodies. You have a body. You are not your body. You are divine and precious and unique and eternal walking around in an earth suit that allows you to breathe on this planet. You know, now, not to say that your body isn't important, but it's not who you are. And so while, while the, over the year and a half or so that I was writing the book, I'm like, you know, I'm going to focus on being healthy and strong. And so on my affirmations that I would write in the morning, I'm healthy and strong. I'm creating a healthy, strong body. And I am very healthy and very strong. My immune system is like superwoman. And I, I got all of that, but I also got, you know, 10, 15, 20 extra pounds on a five foot frame, which, and so, so now I have started affirming that I am slender and agile and healthy and strong. I guess I still want to be healthy and strong, but I want to be slender and agile. And then once you set those intentions, the universe gives you clues as to 
go do your own yard work. It'll be fun. You'll be out in the sun. You know, you get ideas, you get things like that, but then you start to live as if you already have that. So what does the slender person wear? Slender women who feel beautiful in their bodies take great care of their skin and they wear pretty jewelry and they, you know, they love and honor and respect and admire their beautiful slender bodies. We don't. Nobody ever thinks they're slender enough, but hopefully we can get there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny because I was just journaling about that this morning. I was writing myself affirmations. I am healthy, strong, and flexible. And I'm going to add slender in there. Slender, yeah. Yeah, yeah because what, while we're not there, there's nothing wrong with wanting to, to have your body look and feel the way you want it to as long as you're just not making that the definition of you, because it's just one aspect of you. It's just, it's just the suit you're walking around in. Right. And so and I, I, external defining yourself from the external into the internal, instead of defining yourself from the internal, because then that love, beauty, joy, whatever shines on your face. And it, it's so true. When I came out of my nasty divorce, um, and I'd done a lot of inner work on myself and, and learned to love myself for the first time in my life. I, nothing changed. I had gained some weight during the divorce, of course, and nothing changed except that my opinion of myself and how I viewed myself within changed. I had people coming up to me going, wow, you've lost weight. I'm like, no. no. Wow, did you cut your hair no. no. What, what's different about you? And it took me a, a few times to go, oh, it's because I am radiating the love that I am. I am radiating at a different level and people find that attractive. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. I, I have this, I, I own the website, Happy is the New Beautiful, that I'm, I'm going to do something amazing with one of these days. That's Oh, I can't wait. You're going to have to share it with me when you do it. I, I, maybe you'll help me do it. Right. <laughs> you never know what kind of collaborations we're going to put together. in this. Uh, I would love that. So, you know, there, there's this other piece that you, you slipped in there in this, this last segment that we just discussed, uh, focusing on uh, wanting to be healthy and agile and slender and then you paid attention because the, like you said, the universe brings you things and part and you, because there's always an action. I just want everybody to know when you do affirmations in order for them to anchor into your belief system, into your body, into your mind and push out the negative stuff, you also have to take action. So like Lauren was saying, go out and do your own gardening. Or for me, I'm, I'm going for walks and I'm watching, looking at the beauty of all my neighbors' yards, you know, and focusing on the beauty in their yards, not the ones that, you know, God, they have weeds and right. <laughs> yeah. That, that so it it becomes the difference between motivated action and inspired action. And I could, I have done it many, many times. I could go on a diet, force myself through exercise routines that I despise. I I could physically force my body back into a different size, but that's not that part. I'm not doing it. I I won't do it anymore ever. And so I want to prove to the world that on this next part of my journey, it's going to be easy. I'm going to, I'm going to slim down. I'm going to, and I'm agile. I'm flexible. I, you know, I do yoga and everything, but so, but I'm going to slim down too. And it's going to be easy and it's going to be fun and it's going to be inspired. So already Uh, You know, life just brings you opportunities to move if that's what matches up with your intention. I was helping, I'm getting some cabinets built. So I was helping to lift lumber, you know, I I didn't have to go to a gym. (laughs) (laughs) And, And life will continue to bring me whatever is needed in order to achieve the, the, the things that I've set my intentions on. I am really grateful that you said all that because my, uh, about, you know, trying to fit your, your, it's very restrictive when you put yourself on uh, whatever the diet or the eating plan and, and, and you hear a lot of this is, this is a lifestyle plan. I'm like, I've tried all of them uh, being 
type one diabetic, I've tried them all. And having gone to France, it was, that was my wake up call that I can have champagne. I can eat some bread with some yummy cheese and it's fun. And I, I came back going, I want joy in my life. I don't want restriction and constriction and, and being, being told what to do. It, you know, it just, Oh, I'm tired of it. Yeah. So, so finding the best way uh, to balance your lifestyle, that's what I'm working on right now. How can I balance my lifestyle so that I can, I can eat and live the way that gives me joy and, you know, and not be abusive or excessive about it. But, you know, if I, so I'm investigating that now that I'm back in California. Yeah. Awesome. I would like to go back to France because the bread is so much better, but. (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm actually a certified primal health coach. Oh, explain that. Well, um, basically it's an ancestral way of eating. The more common term would be paleo. That is more recognized. Um, The difference is that primal will allow dairy if you, if your body tolerates dairy, Uh but the, the, the beautiful thing about primal is that it's very, very basic and very, very broad. It's basically you, you don't have bread at every meal. Our bodies were not designed to serve that. That's not supposed to be our staple. It's supposed to be and every once in a while type of thing, like our ancestors, harvesting grain was difficult and, co- and, you know, cost a lot of calories and a lot of work. So our ancestors did not eat a lot of wheat. They certainly didn't make 90% of their diet grains right. and then everything else, the rest. So, so th- those are the basic premises, no processed foods, you know, grass fed beef, those kinds of things and yes. trans fats. Those are, so there's a, some just basic rules, but the most important thing is to be in touch with your own body and figure out what your body likes. And I've always said you are way better off eating pizza and beer with gusto and love and fervor and enjoyment than you are choking down dry chicken breast and steam broccoli, you know, <laughs> and the, yeah. the, the amount of joy is so very, very important. And I don't know how we got off on that tangent. Well, but it's about <laughs> being happy first, see? Yeah. Because, um, because if you're enjoying your life and you're finding those places where you find joy, um, and okay, so now that we're on food, Lauren, just really quick. <laughs> I have, during the pan- during pan- pandemic shutdown, I, I started just doing comfort food, which was a bag of pretzels. And not just a few pretzels, the bag of pretzels. Right. <laughs> and then I had I paid the consequences uh, because I was allergic, because I was gaining weight, because, because, because. Yeah, because of your diabetes either, right? Yeah. What I also <laughs> noticed is every time I sat down to eat like a meal, like lunch, I also was being distracted. I distracted myself. So I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't being present with what I was eating. And then I was eating very quickly. So that I could get back to work, you know, and, or at night I eat quickly. I notice this because I want to get the dishes done so I can sit down and relax with my husband, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, because that's, that doesn't serve the body either. Right. No, no. And, and, you know, you're talking about where to find happiness. You find happiness in every single molecule of this universe and every single action that you do, every single thought that you have. And that includes doing the dishes, eating your dinner, <laughs> sitting down with your husband. Oh. You, it really does. I mean, just think about it. If you, if you are going, ah, this meal is amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that I have this great food to eat and you enjoy it and you are in that moment, you're not rushing ahead in your mind to what comes next. Then, you know, you, you, you rush from this to this, to this, to this, and you get to the end and you go, well, I missed everything because I was never thinking about what I was doing. I was always thinking about what's coming next. So you weren't, so I, I'm going to own it, Lauren. <laughs> so I am, was never really present with the nourishment that was going in my body. So then no wonder my body is having nourishment issues and digestion issues, right? Because I'm not present with it. Again, just to tell everybody, when we were in France, you, they eat twice. They eat like a, a, a lunch, a midday meal, and then an evening meal. And the evening meal starts between eight and nine at night, okay? So somewhere in between, 
we were taking naps. I don't know if everybody else in France was taking a nap, but we were. But the, but the, the meals were very, uh, the lunch, we would go out to a restaurant and it was a very slow, for an American, very slow paced. I'm like, okay, where's the, where's the, where's the salad? Where's the, wait, where's the, okay. And then at the end, it's like, okay, where's the check? But because it's just, it's about relaxing. It's an event. Food yeah. and enjoying it and not just stuffing it in. Right. It was, right. It was it's it was a really good wake-up call for me to go, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slow my pace down even more mm-hmm. so I can be present with me. And I think that that fulfills your part of your happiness quotient, being present with yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely does. And, you know, recognizing how you're expending your energy and how, how much of what you're doing in a day, are you doing things that you feel like you have to do? Oh, and yeah. if, if we could just get rid of have to, and only do choose to want to get to that, that would fix everything. Okay. Let's say that again, choose to want to and that yeah, you get to do get it. to I, I i choose to do this i want to do this i get to do this i don't have to do anything just changing the wording brings back <laughs> your freedom <laughs> i my brain is kind of going because i i'm in this personally i'm in this process of really discerning that and it's it's a challenge for me lauren I would love for you to give me an example and let's work through a real example. Okay. So I, I have taken the summer off to focus on, uh, my health, which means I'm looking at belief systems and patternings from my childhood, from my generational ancestral. And I'm, I'm focusing on facing those things and accepting or releasing them, that kind of stuff. But halfway through, so I, I gave myself through September, but in the beginning of July, when we got back from France, I'm like, all right, I think I'm supposed to be doing something. I should like, what should I do? What should, I should be doing workshops again. I should be working on my book. I should be something. I was looking, you know, and, oh, as I'm speaking this out loud. Okay. There you go. What I was looking for was distractions to keep me from, staying focused on my course of inner awareness and healing and self-love. Okay. First of all, let's start with where that word supposed to, where supposed to, according to whom? Mm, my mother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many supposed to's growing up. I was supposed to set the table. I was supposed to wash the dishes. I was supposed to be home for to help her entertain family or or clients or friends i was supposed to it was expected right right so you you aren't supposed to do anything except be happy so so learn learn that new thing and now then then what was the other should supposed to and should that's so powerless like ah i'm supposed to do this i should do that that, that sounds like you just, you know, kind of forcing yourself into things that you don't want to do. Whereas if you just change, just change the words, say, I would like to see about doing workshops. I would like to explore the possibility of working on my book. I think working on my book might be a fun thing for me to do. What would be the most fun way to go about that? I had a day during the the process that I was writing my book and I was, it was getting towards a deadline and I just, I just wasn't in the mood. I'm like, I don't want to sit at my computer and write this book today. I just don't want to. And, but I wasn't willing to just go, "Ah, well, I could have now I didn't have to write the book. I could have ditched it at any second. I could have procrastinated. I do that. But instead I went, you know, what, what could I do to make this fun and, I thought, well, I'll light some candles. It's a gloomy day and I'll make some cinnamon tea and I'll get out a notebook and a pretty pen and I'll write longhand and uh-huh. do something different. And it worked I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I feel like a writer. I feel like a teacher. I feel like I am in the middle of inspired action and having the time of my life. And I wrote really good stuff that day, you know? <laughs> so the sitting down and forcing yourself to pound out X number of words is not going to be the, the beautiful creation that 
it would be if you wait to be inspired. The same with, you know, diets and really rigorous exercise programs that you're motivated to force yourself through. Those results don't last. No, they don't. No, they don't. Because at least for me, because then I'm going... Because I was thinking, now we're back on food. Holy yeah, we're back on food. <laughs> but um, I was thinking about, well, what is it that keeps me, this was this morning, what keeps me from staying on that course, on that particular eating program? And I generally do things because I know there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And if this is the way I'm supposed to eat the rest of my life, I don't want to. So... It's like reassessing now, what is it? How do I want to put, what do I want to put back into my eating program? And then I've got, and I'm saying this out loud for everybody because there will be authority figures, right? Like a doctor or whatever, who say to you, you need to do this because, and, and because it's, it's good for you because it will save your life because it, you know, whatever, now there are certain things you do need to do, but but in owning your own power, being empowered, uh, loving yourself first, it, you have to assess: is that true for me? If I eat, if I follow this exactly, a am I going to be happy? And b is it going to give me the longevity I'm seeking? You know those kinds of questions, not just saying, "Oh well, the doctor said so, I better do it." I I. I, I tend to be a rebel. Yeah. Right? And so. I, I think that's one of you, you've landed on one of the most powerful things that comes from having a strong spiritual connection with your highest self, because your highest self is tapped into infinite intelligence is infinite intelligence that can see forever in all directions. So it knows the answers to those questions. Yes. So if you're able to go, okay, really do I, is, is, is this is living on rice and beans the rest of my life, what I should do. You'll get a clear answer. If you have a good, clear line of communication with your highest self. And then, mm-hmm. and then once you hear the answer really kind of follow through with it, right. Mm-hmm. Don't just go, Oh, well, you know, like I've been hearing, okay, do yoga, Susan. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'll, mm, uh, mm, you know, and every morning it's like, are you going to do your yoga? Yeah, 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 I'll do it later. Oh, no, I didn't. And oh, I'll do it tomorrow. So you got to, you do have to listen. I, me, have me. Do, is, is your higher self telling you to do yoga or is your best friend oh, telling you to Lauren, do yoga? Oh, so great. <laughs> everybody see how great Lauren is listen to how she look at how she was listening to me no it's my should person inside going your should person okay is that your higher self no (laughs) I got caught everybody I got caught all right I'm gonna listen more to my higher self I promise yeah and don't say should and with or every time you hear yourself say should go oh I just said it what who's talking Who's, who's trying to tell me what to do here? And that's a yeah. good suggestion. Yeah, it really is. I, yeah. I, I I do it too. I mean, I catch myself going, oh, I should be doing this. Or, oh, I have to. And I, after a time, it gets less and less and less and less, though, when you find yourself going, I, I ha- do I have to? No, I don't have to. And I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> or... No, I don't have to, but I think it's a good idea. So I think I will. I think I will choose to. I I can't do this because I have to do that is about the most disempowering statement in the entire world. Yeah. And you don't even have to change your actions. Have to. You aren't even required to change your actions to change the energy around that. You can just say, I choose not to do this because I'm going to do that instead. You're still doing the same thing. You're just taking back your power of choice. Yeah. Which we often surrender and we surrender it at a very early age. We're taught very carefully that we don't have a choice that the parental or the authority figure is the one that tells us what to do. We, this is circling back everybody to, All the way back to the organized beginning. religion mm-hmm. where you're being told what you have to do and how you have to be. Yeah. Um, so Lauren, we're, we're coming to the end of our time together. I can't believe it. 
So Lauren's book is called Happy and Free on Purpose. So tell everybody how they can get that book and uh, your website. And you've got a couple of free giveaways. Yeah. Okay. So the the book is Happy and Free on Purpose, Daily Practices to Live and Love Your Life. And basically the end of it is, is like a study guide that you could go through if you're a teacher or a personal development coach or anything, you could use this as a to take your clients through, or you could, I love the idea of a group of women doing this together in a book club because we're getting back to figuring out what you and your soul really, really want and what, what happiness means to you. And on purpose has a double meaning. It means that you're doing it deliberately. Yes. And it also means that you're doing it according to your unique purpose. You are not put here by accident. You are, you are put here with a soul that is yearning for something. And if you can shut out all of the noise and figure out what that is and get back in touch with who you are, then it's very easy to be happy and free on purpose all the time. Um, so that's the book. And we, if you go to laurengfoster.com, right there on the front page is a free study guide. So you don't need a special link to get to it. So cool. you can actually look at the study guide and get an idea about whether you would like to buy the book or not. So that that's a great place to start. And there's a couple of free meditations there as well. And you can get to my podcast, which is the how to choose happiness and freedom show. And Susan Burrell was the um, official guest last week, I think is when the, the actual episode actually posted. So, but you can get everywhere from there, just laurengfoster.com. Uh, and everybody will have that in the show notes. Uh, so you don't have, if you didn't get to write it down as you're listening, it's in the show notes and you can uh, follow through with that. So Lauren, thank you so much. I, I, it's been such a, a gift and a pleasure. You are a gift and a pleasure. I have chills. I, I have absolute chills all over yeah. my body because this was so enjoyable. It made me happy, Lauren. It made me very happy. Yay. <laughs> Number one. Only yeah. how, how many does that leave in my million? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's tons of other women. But anyway, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Namaste. Thank you. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at So that's it for today. See you next time.